0: and Rush. I'm the CEO and founder of OceanGate. Let's take a look at Titan. So we're coming into the sub. This is the only toilet available on a deep diving submersible. Best seat in the house. You can look out the viewport. We put a privacy screen in. Turn up the music, and uh, it's uh, very popular. Ah, listen
1: to Second Sick and
0: Wrong. Yes, you're listening to Second Wrong. The Second Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags! Good evening, welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon.
2: Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. Hello, everyone. Hiya,
0: Kate Rambo. When you're an American, which will be very soon because you're half an American now. Are you looking forward to celebrating the 4th of July?
2: Uh, Yeah, probably for the first time. But then after that, I'll just be like, well, this is like a lame uh, November 5th.
0: It kind of is. But don't you have like, I thought you had like a Western style American flag shirt or something.
2: I do. I'm going to sell that actually. So if anyone wants to buy all my stuff, I'm going to be throwing up a lot of clothes, vintage clothes on eBay very soon. Well, you should save on eBay, it babe.
0: for... For a Fourth of July cookout.
2: It's too, bi- it's too big. It belongs it needs to go to a man. And it's like a really cool like rodeo shirt. It's like a really good brand rodeo. I think it's not a H bar C, it's maybe like a rock mount or something. But it's it like a vintage. To, it needs to go to a man.
0: Vintage rodeo shirt, yeah.
2: Yeah, eighties. Very it patriotic. I have over American Patriot things. Like okay. I have a, a wall hanging. That's gonna come with me.
0: No, but you gotta have an outfit. You gotta wear something to cook out. Like, I just wear my MAGA shirt.
2: All right, <laughs> oh, wait. Maybe I'll wear my Make Abortion Great Again shirt.
0: <laughs> that's what everybody should wear. Actually, thanks for reminding me. People, go over to the Tee Public store. Get yourself the proper MAGA sale. shirt. Not the fake one that Trump wears and the Trump people. Get the proper one that I made. Make Abortion Great Again. And that's what you should wear to your 4th of July cookout. Especially those that live in Texas, Arizona, and... Uh, all you those have, states, yeah. All those states, Florida. All those states are making these uh, abortions illegal. Like, you know, after six weeks, to wear your "Make Abortion a Great Again" shirt at that that event. But you were telling me um, that you want, like, as soon as you move here, you want to like blow your American load. Like, you want to check out a baseball game. Yeah, I do. I want to I wanna go all see all a Dodgers
2: stuff. game. Yeah, I want to see a, a basketball game. I want to go see ice hockey. I want to go see it all because, like, we didn't. Ha- I don't have that growing up. So I want to go and be like, and be fucking American. And then I'm going to buy a gun and I'm probably going to go and either shoot up a mall or a school and then I'll be a real American.
0: Then you'll be a real American, but you'll be an imprisoned uh, American. So I'm a real
2: American. You know what you should do? I'll do what all the Americans do. I'll kill myself so they don't catch me. Duh. Come on.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, some of them, some of them, uh, it seems like the ones that do like racially motivated attacks, they end up just like, nah, I'm not going to kill myself.
2: Yeah, like, read my manifesto, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read it. It's such but, a great piece of literature, bro. <laughs>
0: but it makes me feel like like that idiot. Who's the idiot? Uh, the, the, the asshole that shot up the black church. Dylan Roof was his name? Was that his name?
2: Yeah, they all kind of just come together in this one very generic white boy name section, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's
0: like this incel section. But you just know that, dude, you should have killed yourself because prison is not going to be merciful for you. Like, it's not going to be a good time for you.
2: Maybe he'll enjoy it. Maybe it'll be the closest human contact he's ever had.
0: It could be. But you know what you should do in terms of 4th uh, of July? You have to do the fireworks in Bay City, Michigan. Because here, like in yeah. LA or San Francisco or these big cities, they, you know, they do a big you know, coordinated event like on the, on the Embarcadero or something. But Bay City does it downtown. Like Poison will probably play. Maybe Rat <laughs> And you'll just see, you'll see amazing mullets, and that's where you should enjoy fireworks.
2: Is that where people will get out their guns and shoot into the sky?
0: Maybe in the countryside, but no at the at the event itself, there probably won't be as many guns. But there will be, you know, a lot of Americans, a lot of probably uh, you know, bald eagle shirts and uh, and flags and lots of hot dogs. It's that kind of thing, you know. We always have a cookout. Do you did you guys do you guys do cookouts on Guy Fawkes Day?
2: Well, firstly, well, it's too cold to have a, a barbecue is what we would call them. You do, we don't call them cookouts here. It doesn't exist. We call them barbecues. It, yeah, but we have bonfires and people, if you've bonfires. had a big enough garden, you would have you would have a bonfire in your backyard. And like maybe, yeah, you if the weather's nice, you would get your barbecue out and you'll throw like jacket potatoes on there, sausages, stuff like that. But it's not. It's not a, a thing. It's like I think I went. You would go to like big organized events. It was very rare. Went, even though I grew up in the country, it was very rare that we would go to like some of somebody Someone's else's house. house. Yeah, because it's, like, it's effort isn't it, you, well, and also because I grew up in the country, we can burn a pile of leaves and wood whenever the fuck we want. We don't just have to do it on November the fifth.
0: But do 5th. people? Do people get fireworks themselves and just do it in their backyard? Hmm, or do you have to go? You. Like, are you allowed to buy fireworks at Tesco?
2: Yes. Uh, there's been a big debate about stopping that because uh, Britain is a very animal-loving country. And every year there are people up in arms about how it, like, affects their dogs and their cats. Not Chi Chi, though, who happily sits outside and watches the fireworks because he's a psychopath. I was so worried about him the first firework night I got him. But he just went outside and he was sitting. And it was, I could see the gleam in his eye. He was sitting on the wall. And he was just, because you could see the big firework display that they have in the middle of town from my house. And he was just sitting there. You see the red light glowing in his eyes. So I was like, I've got a wonderful cat. It's God. just the best. It's like an arsonist. <laughs> um, yes.
0: You know, uh, 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 Caliban actually, I've noticed cats don't care as much as dogs. Dogs flip the fuck out, though.
2: Yeah, it's like they've been numb, and yeah, it's all coming back. Like PTSD.
0: To them. I always feel bad for dogs. It was cats don't really. Most cats, I don't think, tend to give a shit. Um, I do recall, though, when I was there. I think it was last year on Guy Fawkes Day, and uh, just walking down your street. I think we were going to Sainsbury's. We were going to a store, and we were walking down the street, and you just heard explosions everywhere, and all these people just drinking beer in their backyard and fires. It was actually kind of cool.
2: Yeah. There's tons of smoke in the air. Yeah, it was, it's a fun night. I really love November the 5th. Yeah. That's like the one time of year I'm like, oh, you know what? It's all right. But then the rest of the year, you're just like, yeah, it sucks. Is,
0: <laughs> I is, like it more than Christmas. Is it a national holiday? Do you like do people get the day off?
2: It might be a bank holiday, the Monday. I don't know because I always work bank holidays. So I just I don't keep up with them.
0: You think the Tories would shut that one down, though?
2: The time that the anarchists nearly fucking won. Yeah. Why are we
0: celebrating this? It.
2: Why? <laughs>
0: you know, this Good. year. Uh,
2: bring it back, boys. Bring it back.
0: You always get the 4th of July off, but usually it's on like, you know, like a, a Monday or a Friday and you get, you know, a couple of days off. Whereas here it's a Tuesday. So it's kind of weird. So people, from what I've heard, because I'm going to be in New York City, so it doesn't really matter. I'm taking time off anyway. But from what I've heard, people are like, no one's working on that Monday. Everyone's like, so I almost shouldn't even take that day off. But ev- yeah, no one's It's like working. a wasted day off. Yeah, it's like, I, think it, people, I don't think anyone's even going into the office. But yeah, everybody has a Tuesday off. And I got to say, I, I would say, you know, just uh, thinking about all the different families having their Fourth of July and they're all having their cookouts, I guarantee everybody will be chatting about that goddamn submarine.
2: This episode is going to be very hard for me because I'm really bored of the submarine. But we'll just, we'll soldier on. I'll soldier on through it.
0: Kate's a part of that, like, short attention span generation. Like, two days is enough. Longer than that. Bored. Next. Um, I just
2: don't care about it. I I know
0: you're sick of it. But there are a lot of interesting details coming out now that everyone's dead. And they're doing their investigations. Which... I imagine there's probably going to be some lawsuits coming up very soon. Um, But it is interesting how they're trying to piece doing like forensic investigations to kind of figure out what caused that submersible to implode. Now, I think there's many different things. Like, first of all, who the fuck would get in that tiny, junky little tin can? It was like a little tube. Who would get in that?
2: Frill seekers. I mean, like, this is what I don't understand. Everyone's talking about it. If I had all the money in the world and somebody was like, Kate, so you can go and take a trip to the edge of space. It's going to cost you half a mil. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm doing on my birthday next year. And I'm going to take four of my buddies with me. Who wants to go to the edge of space? Like, You do it. You do stuff like that when you're rich enough. You
0: do. But you also do research beforehand. Like, did you read about that reporter who went on this Ocean Gate (laughs) exhibit like uh, a couple of years ago? He said the waiver, like mentioned death like six times and you had to initial like, ah, it's okay if I die. Like, I trust you, billionaire who who built this little shitty tin can submarine.
2: But do you not have to do that when you, I don't know, jump out of a plane, sign a waiver that says, you know, I know this potentially could kill me, but I'm going to do it anyways. You yeah, don't but really that's. think about... I think it's a little bit different. Fun
0: Because this Ocean Gate touted this thing as like safer than scuba diving is what they said. And they, sure, scuba they've done... Scuba pretty
2: fucking safe.
0: Well, well they, scuba diving is safe and they've done multiple dives. But they're like, oh, it's safer than scuba diving. You're fine. You know, we do this, you know, we do this at least a couple times a year. Sure, you might die. You might get a debilitating injury. That could happen but you know chances are slim
2: think about this way dave david (laughs) every time you get in your car car accidents are way more likely to happen than anything else but do you sign a waiver to get into your car every day that says, oh, by the way, you might die today. Or, oh, by the way, you might need, like, the, the hunky fireman to come out with the jaws of life to prize you out. And then you're going to lose a couple of limbs and be disfigured. Do you sign a waiver every day to get in your car?
0: I'm not paying no. $275,000 to go to the bottom of the fucking ocean for no reason. For no reason. I mean, they if you think the about it, the Titanic! You know, think about the irony, too. These billionaires yes, are paying $275,000 to go see the graves of the poor people who couldn't even be put on a lifeboat.
2: Right. Like, why fuck
0: with these people? Let them be.
2: Right. Technically, there's no bodies down there anymore. They've all, like, completely well, melted away. I know, but the grave,
0: it's a grave of poor people, people who are too poor <laughs> to get a seat on the lifeboat. And now Hang billionaires on. are paying to go down there and look at them.
2: There were some richies on that boat too because there was that old couple who hugged each other in bed. They're down there. Obviously, Jack is down there, but he shagged a rich bird. So he's kind of like half rich now. And there's a big old diamond down there.
0: So, yeah, that is true. So the Titan, owned and operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions, it first began taking people down to the Titanic in 2021 because they had read that the Russians did that a couple years earlier. So the Russians went in a sub and did it and so they're like, we got to do the same thing. So they made this this cylinder-shaped cabin made out of carbon fiber, and which is a departure from the sphere-shaped cabins made of titanium, which is used by almost every submersible out there. So now, the difference between a submarine and a submersible is uh, submarines t- typically can stay, stay under longer, and they also have like self-propulsion, like they have propellers, whereas these use blast and like flotation devices to go. So you can go down, and then you can go right back up. But you need a mothership. To kind of launch you. I think the, 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 the submersible also had a propeller. But it wasn't a self-propelling um, uh, like machine. Like you needed a, a mothership to like kind of launch you. So they had a, a support ship that would launch them. They'd go down. It's only supposed to be an eight-hour thing. And every 15 minutes, you're supposed to Bing up, like send a message to the, yeah. to the uh, support ship. And I think what happened here is were down for about an hour and 45. They just lost contact. And I think that's that's probably when it imploded. But people didn't know that because they couldn't find the debris, and that's why they had this whole search, um, you know, s- search and rescue operation. But now, what's been coming out now is how arrogant the CEO Stockton Rush was in terms of like people saying like What about what kind of safety regulations have you had?" And they undergo they they completely denied having experts come in and do a certification process so if i was like researching that shit, if i was a billionaire i'm like oh, you know it'd be cool to go check out the titanic oh this place doesn't even have a certif- a safety certification like they haven't even haven't even had inspectors come and check this out like real engineers i'm not talking about their operations director who gave it like a thumbs up no it costs too much to do that that's what he said it was it- prohibitive
2: it's one brown star, basically. I'm looking for five brown stars before I go down here to get my kicks in your tiny little sub, and it's one brown star. So I'm not getting. It's like I wouldn't eat in a one star restaurant. So why? Why do you think I'm going to get into a stupid? I don't little even know. Can?
0: And it's a tight fit, this fucking thing. I and mean, do you see pictures of it? It's like the size of a minivan. Yeah. It's small. Um, you're in like a metal tube. There's no. There's no seats. So you're just sitting there, cross-legged on a, on a metal tube. Uh, there's like a little bit of overhead lighting, no chairs, little room to stand. You can't even stand upright, most people. I imagine doors could, but most people can't. <laughs> I was about to
2: say, I'm pretty little, and I think it kind of looks cozy, and I like sitting all curled up, so oh everyone's God. like losing their mind. But I'm my, like, no, I think I'd be pretty cozy in there. My
0: claustrophobia, I would be freaking out being that close to people. No one's no one's wearing shoes. you got to wear your socks.
2: I think that's another reason why I think it's cozy, because I do think... And I've said this to you before as well. If you wear shoes inside the house when you're relaxing, you're kind of a psychopath. You also relax in jeans, which is insane to me. Like the minute I get inside my house and I've been wearing jeans, off. Instantly off. I cannot sit on my sofa wearing jeans. I will at other people's houses begrudgingly. But I really just want to be sat there in my underwear. I don't want to be sat in jeans.
0: I think it depends. If I'm like coming home and I'm drunk, I'm probably not going to take the the time to change it to like something comfortable. But yeah, if you're chilling, uh, jeans, especially my jeans, I'm wearing like drain pipes. These things are so skinny, <laughs> my balls are constricted. Can't, can't relax with that. Um, so I read uh, this guy named Mike Rice, who's a uh, producer and writer for The Simpsons. He went on the, on the Titan last summer down to the Titanic. And yeah, they're required to sign a waiver. He, he was like, death was mentioned three times on page one. And He said, like as so he was getting into this. Him? No, he said as he was getting into this janky sub, he was like, "Wow, this is probably going to be the end." <laughs> <And> didn't <he? laughs> like? Wouldn't you be like, "What the fuck?" And this other guy, David Pogue, who's a CBS reporter, he was on board. He didn't get in the ship because he was like, "I'm not oh, getting in him, that thing." Yeah. But he was on the surface ship, like the mothership. And uh, yeah, when these when they were down there last year, the thing got lost for four hours, and they couldn't even locate it.
2: I bet that happens, though. I bet that happens a lot more than you think because you can't predict the well, sea. water currents. You know, you can't, it's Mother Nature, isn't it?
0: Well, I think you also, you know, I mean, you, you probably also aren't, aren't like, you know, guaranteed you're going to know your direction when you've got a wireless game controller. It looks like an Xbox controller. That's what he's using. As soon as I saw the guy holding up the Xbox <sighs> controller and being like, that's how you pilot the sub, I'm out of here.
2: I would be. I, the, the second he saw that, I thought, fuck, I've missed my trick because I, I, all my years of gaming. I've been gaming since I was a small child. I would be amazing at this job. I could get us anywhere. And it was like that old, was it the Apple Mac? I can't remember what computer it was on. But you know where you were the little, like the moon buggy and you had to land on the moon. And it was like a freaking game that came with your Apple Mac. I was amazing at that. I won that like every round. Also very well, good I at didn't... Minesweeper as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd be one. I I just would not be able to be in this like MacGyver submarine where the guy's <laughs> got a fucking Xbox controller and that's what he's using to to, to pilot this. I'd be like, dude, oh, I just spent two hundred seventy five grand to be in this motherfucker. You know, I
2: would want before we got in for that amount of money. This is what I'd want. I would want there to be a very luxurious continental breakfast. I don't want a full breakfast. I want a continental breakfast with champagne mimosas and then when we came back up four hours later because i'm assuming it'll go early in the morning because it'll be very nice to watch like the sunrise over the titanic under the ocean beautiful and then when we surfaced i want a i want a very ornate like buffet spread with like smoked salmon cream cheese capers and more mimosas and then i could then i could justify the money
0: well, do you think that's
2: what they got? Because I don't think it is. No,
0: it definitely isn't. And they, do, they did offer sandwiches and water on the vessel, but no one really ate because they're ex- excited. And not to mention, there's just one rudimentary toilet in the front of the, in the, front of the uh, submersible. So kind of where the porthole is, where you can actually see outside. And that's the other thing. You don't have like a, you know, it's not like a glass bottom boat where you get to see everything. It's like you have one tiny little porthole that you're looking at. So why not just like stay on the mothership and look through a drone? And like watch pilot it. your own drone.
2: Yeah, I would rather do that as well. But I think it's the I think it's the human arrogance of it's the human arrogance that takes us places of well, we can conquer this and we can go anywhere and I can go to Everest sp- and I can go to the yeah, moon. It's, it's a spirit
0: of adventure. Like you want to be at the bottom of the ocean. But the thing is, so if you're looking out that that glass you can only be looking at that glass if no one's using the toilet because the toilet is, it's like this tiny little like kids' <laughs> yeah. toilet, like a portable little it's black camp toilet. It's a toilet. Yeah, and, it, and you have this like tiny curtain that you, that you can close, you know, to separate, give yourself some privacy. Could you imagine the smell? How bad well, that would I, smell if you blew that out?
2: I piss every hour. Well, if Stephanie was on it with her IBS. <laughs> well, I piss every hour, so there's no way, I would just be like, well, do you know what? I'm just going to get used to it.
0: And where's the shit go? It's a tiny little toilet. Like, there's it's no septic toilet. tank.
2: Where the shit goes is you. if you were going to shit, because it's camp toilet, you, were, you would put a plastic bag in, you shit into the bag.
0: Where's the and bag you put go? Put the bag
2: to one side. You put the bag to one side, and then when you surface, you throw the bag out. Because it's a camping toilet, Dave. You've never been camping.
0: You know, the pilot. Turns on some, some onboard music when you're taking a shit in the back there. Like if, when you're using the submersible toilet, do, do, they turn do, yeah they put do, on some burnt do, do, back rack do, 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 and close do, the curtain. Do, 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 do. I mean, I would be like if I was one of the I would bring my own bottle of Febreze and just keep spraying it because you, you would blow that whole place out. <laughs> it's like the size of a fucking bathroom, like a stall, like <laughs> Why a handicap you- stall. <laughs>
2: Did you eat Taco Bell the night before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would be worried about that. Well, they say you, they want you to restrict your diet before and during the dive to reduce the likelihood that you will need to use the facilities. However,
2: yeah, I would. All right.
0: Well, however, this this um, this carbon fiber uh, uh, submersible that was made it has a five inch thick hull and. Stockton Rush was like, oh, yeah, it can withstand any atmospheric pressure, you know, that, that, that's at the bottom of the call. ocean. But, and you I know, James you Cameron, James Cameron, who's been down to the Titanic like 33 times, and he's got a titanium submersible that he uses, was shocked that they would use one made of carbon fiber. And he was saying that each trip, each trip that they did put tiny cracks in the structure. So it might be small and undetectable even though they they don't have engineers doing safety checks. So they wouldn't even know. But once once you're going down repeatedly, it's going to compound. And that's what that's what happened. Like they never had this thing checked. It definitely wasn't up to safety up to safety code to go down to the bottom of the ocean at this point.
2: This is kind of, this is like maybe our generation generation's challenger. If only it had been broadcast on live TV to millions of children, then it, would, then it would have topped it and I'd be less bored of it. But because it wasn't live broadcast, I'm kind of like, nah. like well, well. Oh well, it's
0: just hubris. It's just hubris. That's, that's what it is. It's these, the arrogance of billionaires who are like, oh, I'm going to get to say I was at the bottom of the ocean. I saw the wreck humans. of the Titanic. That, that's that's what it of is. Humans. But so Cameron also said that they understand from inside the submersible community. It's a very small community that the submersible <laughs> knew they were in trouble and they had dropped their ascent weights because they're like, there's something going on. Like they had heard noises of cracks and then they dropped their ascent because re- they had been descending for about two hours. And it's, you know, it's, it's like a two, three hour drop to the bottom of the ocean. They heard that the, the hole had been breached and that there were complications. So they dropped their ascent weights at that point. That's when I would have been dropping a bomb in that toilet. I would have been, could you imagine? It's just like you hear Code Red, everyone's freaking out, you're hearing cracks, you're at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. I would have been having diarrhea all over that bathroom, and you wouldn't have been able to drown out the noises with Burt Backrack.
2: <laughs> du- 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 you would have been me being, hoped. It would have, a- it- <laughs>
0: would have been terrible.
2: I would have hoped it was a giant squid just taking hold of us in, in, like, its wonderful six arms and just giving us a cuddle. And I've been like, this would be a cool way to die, Death by gi- Giant Squid.
0: My bowels would have been exploding before my body would have been imploding. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> it would have it's been dead. pretty. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, it just took seconds. Like, they didn't even know that this the implosion happened. I mean, it's, you're not even aware. You are just instantly vaporized. Like, in, mil- in, like, microseconds. Not even milliseconds, microseconds. However... Prior to that, when they heard, would have heard the first crack, they would have smelled my diarrhea because I'd have shit my pants. I don't even think I would have <laughs> made it to the tiny little kid's toilet. That's why you don't want me on a, on a submersible with you, believe me. The bitching would have been terrible. Anyway, this week we're going to chat about what happens to the human body during an implosion because you, the, word, the term implosion is actually kind of a new term to a lot of people, like the non-scientific community. And so, we're going to explain yeah, so. what an implosion is and what happens to the human body during an implosion, and then also talk about a very famous case of a catastrophic implosion that occurred in space. Before we get to that, let's chat about the, um, the rapidly imploding Patreon page. I had to use that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Does it give you I'm diarrhea? I'm joking. It's when not imploding. It?
0: Although, I do get diarrhea when I look at the numbers. Um, if you like what we do, people, if you if you support this show, why not get some more? Why not get some more bang for your buck? $5 a month, that's all it is to sign up for the Sick and Wrong Patreon. In fact, you could pay less, but for $5 a month, you get access to the second show, which is a completely bonus show that we do, a full show every week. And uh, you know, a lot of people say they, they, some people say they like it better, I, I Take, I take offense to that personally. I think it's offensive when people say that because I think both shows are good in their own ways. But the second show is a lot more relaxed. It's kind of like me and Kate talk about our week, what's been going on in our lives. And then we usually it's do a, a true crime story or sometimes we do phone calls. It's only five bucks a month. This week, uh, Kate and special guest host Alexandra from the We Hate You podcast are going to chat about Scotland's best serial killer you've never heard of. I mean, he's how many brilliant. serial killers come from Scotland?
2: Fair few. Hey, don't be don't be starting to slag off Scotland because there's tons of shit from Scotland. But
0: that's I don't know what why I'm saying. There's not and
2: defensive about it.
0: <laughs> there's not that many serial killers that that come from Scotland. So this guy. No, but the
2: ones that are are good, and he's oh, good. Yeah. Well,
0: Dennis Nilsson, he was actually Scottish, but he committed his killings in uh, in London, right?
2: Yeah, and same with Ian Brady. He's Scottish. But yeah, he's he Scottish killed, too. Uh, all the Northern slugs of Manchester.
0: <laughs> but this guy
2: they went not so because I take it back
0: this guy is a very prolific serial killer and there's a good chance you probably have never heard of him that's this Definitely. week on the second show only five bucks a month access to the second show and uh, you get to join the discord the sick and wrong discord which is a community of lovable deviants they're lovable Definitely. they really they are, are. Um, you don't even have to sign up for Patreon. you don't I mean, you can also support Sick and Wrong on Apple Podcasts now. So I post a second show to Apple Podcasts, which is probably an app that you already have on your phone. So no excuse. Two different ways to support the show. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. We do appreciate it. Uh, let me play this quick promo, and then, uh, yeah, let's chat what happens to my bowels during an implosion. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. If you're not currently a Sick and Wrong patron, You might be missing out on special moments like this one. All right. So you guys listen to Dave Matthews. You got a water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, she's like, come to the boudoir. Right.
1: right. The boudoir.
0: The the boudoir.
2: (laughs) 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 She is is the type of woman who would call it a boudoir.
0: So so you go in there. When did you first encounter the smell?
1: Uh, I think it's like when I pulled off her pants.
0: Oh, she so pulled her panties down.
2: Wow! Just right. when you—what? Pants I got a whiff. or panties? No, no, no. Pants panties or trousers? On. Here.
1: Panties still on.
0: Strong whiff. Oh, through Whoa. the panties. Yeah. That's intense. That's intense. Right. That's intense. And I noticed. And so you're like, I gotta go further. And, and I was they- like, I gotta get my head in there. <laughs> I gotta put my tongue in that. <laughs> I gotta inspect a little closer. <laughs> I gotta find Nemo. <laughs> For only five dollars a month. You can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong.
1: Don't you ever think
2: Fellow Millennials and Gen Z kids, you can all gather around for those that are bored of hearing the word submarine. This is going to be a safe space for us from now on because I am very bored of the very, very dead cast and crew members of the Titan. So we're going to talk about more interesting things, uh, well, humans that have imploded throughout time. First off, we have a case that the Swede linked up on the Discord for us death hacks. And it's the for Dolphin decompression accident. Not to be confusing my new best friend Malcolm and his girlfriend Dolly the Dolphin.
0: You it's are you really, you're really close with that guy. He, he touched <laughs> a nerve there. I don't, I don't know what, it, what it is. I think it's maybe like minds, like like mindedness, similar sexual attractions.
2: I think it's because I'm a Pisces, so I'm a fish. So I think that's why he, we can relate to each other.
0: Oh, possibly. He definitely has a thing for fish.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the Biford Dolphin accident happened on November the 5th, 1983 at 4 a.m. And I think you know the timing might play a part into why the accident happened so there are four divers who are drilling in the norwegian sector of the north sea and they're in a decompression chamber system which is attached to like a short passage which is known as a trunk to like the diving bell on the rig like uh the divers are 35 year old brit Edrin coward 38 year old roy lucas who was also a brit 29-year-old Bjorn Bergerson and 34-year-old uh, Truls Helvik, who are obviously Norge. And they're being assisted by two dive tenders on this morning, who aren't like part of the team, but they come down and help out. Truls was getting ready to follow the procedure, which went by closing the door. This then led, led to the diving supervisor slightly increasing the bell pressure to seal the door tightly. Then they close the door between the trunk and chamber one, and this allows, like, the trunk that they're in to slowly depressurize. And once this happened, they could open the clamp to separate the chamber system from the bell. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and Job's a good in. So, right, for anyone that isn't practical, because I'm fucking not, it's hard to imagine the setup, but you've just got to to think of, like, when a spaceship... Yeah.
0: But is it, like, a box that they're in that's, that's extended to the boat?
2: It's a... It's a series it's not a boat you're on a diving bell you're on a diving rig you know diving oh, rig, uh, okay. an oil rig an oil, oil, oil rigs rig. go thousands right. of meters under the sea don't they so this is like a kind of chamber system it's like i think there was three chambers and it goes it kind of like latches on to the side so i the, the analogy i thought of that made me understand it was you've just got to think of when a spaceship docks into a bigger spaceship so the chambers are kind of like a series of room a series of rooms and then you've got the trunk which is a short passage which is what attaches that's like the penis that attaches
0: I'm familiar with docking (laughs)
2: yes (laughs) there we go but the accident doesn't go well you know the bifond dolphin accident it's not going to go down like that Trolls was about to close the door between the chamber system and the trunk, the passageway, when the chamber explosively decompressed from a pressure of nine atmospheres to one atmosphere. Oof. Basically, the mass breaks down. To the air at this point weighed more than twenty-five tons. Oof, this all is at like once science in a second. Yeah.
0: What caused it?
2: I'm going to tell you. It went to that in the fra- in a fraction of a second as well. It's like so a microsecond. it's not. I'm going to lay this out here. It's not Trolls' fault. Maybe. Trolls had completed the first two steps when one of the tenders, a 32-year-old whip-smart Brit called William Crammond, opened the clamp before Trolls could close the door to the chamber. So air rushed out the chamber with such force that it jammed the interior door, pushing the bell away from, like, you know, from the the platform and striking the two tenders. Crammond killed instantly, but the other tender, the other Dive Bell's tender, managed to survive. He's going to be the only survivor of this. Trolls was exposed to the highest pressure gradient of them all, and his meat sack of a body was forced through a 60-centimeter door opening, being violently dismembered, including a bisection of the thoraco-abdominal um, cavity, which is the fancy way of saying from your neck to your abdomen. Basically, his whole fucking chest was ripped Guys, apart. It's like being
0: shoved through like a colander.
2: Exactly. Ugh. This resulted in his internal organs projecting outside of his body, although part of his windpipe and spine stuck around inside him for the cleanup crew to discover. In fact, his innards were so forcibly ejected from his body that parts of him were found 10 meters 30 feet for the non-Metro uh, crew, vertically above the exterior pressure door with his liver actually being found on the deck. Ah. So that shot up out the fucking ocean. His remains look like a jigsaw puzzle that probably took the coroner a few sleepless nights to try and assemble. His face kind of melted away from his skull, and it kind of looks like it's silly putty. Like, you wouldn't know there was any form of bone under there.
0: Well, wouldn't, his... wouldn't the bone just be completely just crushed? Well, it's funny it because
2: bone is, very, is a very strong substance. Some of it went, but a lot of bone did survive. So his right it foot, fragments. his leg, his thigh were missing, but they found the knee joint. The left leg had been torn from the pelvis. You might want to cross your legs right now, dear. The pelvis had been divided into three parts. Uh. So you're all asking, what about his dick? Yeah. Right? because his dick is part of his pelvis. So his penis technically was present, but it had become invaginated.
0: Wait, invaginated? What do you mean?
2: He had been sucked up back inside himself. Whoa. Invaginated.
0: God, that's a new thing for me to fear.
2: (laughs) Being invaginated. Yeah, I've never
0: even, I've never heard that term. And now it's like, all of a sudden it's like, hey, you could be walking on the street suddenly in vagination.
2: The other free divers, they died instantly, but they weren't found in a million different pieces. And if it wasn't for the intense rigor mortis and the hemorrhages, you could have believed that they actually just had died in their sleep. All of their organs showed large amounts of gas in the blood vessels, in the cardiac chambers and the vessels around the heart. They had large amounts of free fat that was found This fat was mixing with the gas bubbles, and it looked like, to the coroner, sizzling butter on a frying pan. Even this is three days afterwards as well. This meant that their blood had boiled instantly, which is totally what killed them. Like, just stopped your circulation, your blood is boiled. So it was tragic that the door jammed. So you can think that maybe the Brit was making a last-ditch attempt to push the door shut... Had it been an automatic closing, then everyone might have survived and had a very, very scary story to tell. Diving regulations were changed as a result of this accident, but the Bifur Dolphin was never rebuilt because of these new regulations. And because, would you want to go down there?
0: No, fuck no. You're like,
2: oh, this is Bifur Dolphin too.
0: So I wonder, like, so you're saying it was like microseconds for this guy just to be, you know, sluiced. You, would, I don't the think he would even 50 know centimeter opening. Um the thing is with the yeah. Titan the Titan it was also like microseconds like I don't even think you you'd even be aware of what happened and, it, no. and so with the with the submersible's carbon fiber hull if it just suffered a tiny crack just a tiny crack or a fault a bubble could get in causing the whole thing to implode and so what by the implosion, it means it collapses inward on itself, which is the opposite of an explosion, which is outward. And it's all, you know, as a result of the water's high pressure, which, um, I mean, it's exponentially um, higher. What is it, like 200 atmospheres worth of pressure when you're at the bottom of the ocean? I mean, it's insane.
2: Yeah, it's it's stuff you can't really comprehend, I think. It's kind Actually, of when you're like, oh, yeah,
0: here at the depths of the Titanic wreckage, which is 2.37 miles below the, the, uh, the surface, the pressure is 370 times atmospheric pressure, which is 5,500 5, pounds per square inch PSI. It's insane to right. even think about. So Yeah, if, it's mental. If the submersible, once it imploded, I mean, the effects on the human bodies inside would be catastrophic. Like the chance of even finding pieces of them. It's going to be hard to... Although I'm sure the fish probably had some dinner that day.
2: Oh, it was wonderful for them. They're like yeah. in this barren, great, cold Atlantic. Suddenly we've got like a little smorgasbord.
0: Yeah, no, you get like them. all this, this, this appetizer. And there's like, you know, there's some like white people, some Pakistani people You get to get all flavors. All flavors there. Enjoy in it. The submersible, yeah. <laughs> so the sudden compression of the environment around the man would almost instantaneously crush the body. So it's going to be seconds. And it wouldn't be gradual. It would happen in like less than a second due to the immediate and sudden change in pressure. So the body would be subjected to rapid compression causing immediate and severe trauma. Every part of the body that contains gas, so your lungs, your gastrointestinal tract would immediately be crushed. The water pressure would also force water into the body cavities, such as the nose, mouth and ears this rapid compression would cause severe internal injuries, including hemorrhage and organ damage, so even if you did survive you 're going to be really fucked up I be mean, really fucked up. So I imagine the yeah. guy that was a survivor of the, of that um, catastrophe I mean that guy must have been fucked up
2: I did try to find out like what happened to him, but i couldn 't find out much. But non-fatal decompression incidents, they're going to lead to injuries, especially to like the central nervous system and the bones within your spinal cord. That's where, so you're yeah. going to be paralyzed. You're going to be legmental.
0: Yeah, there's going to be repercussions. So due to the speed of the implosion, the individual would barely experience any pain. Because I think that's what a lot of people were asking about. Like, you know, oh my God, the pain must have been excruciating. I don't even think you'd have a chance to even fathom the pain.
2: It's like a balloon bursting. I just, it would be like that quick and you wouldn't, you couldn't comprehend it.
0: Well, it says unconsciousness would occur almost instantaneously due to the severe trauma and the lack of oxygen at that point. So you'd have been immediately unconscious and then your body would have imploded. So in terms of visual details, the implosion would cause an immense shockwave in the water, creating a sudden cloud of debris. And that's what happened with the pieces of the submersible. But what's odd about it is they didn't even detect that i mean i think the navy detected something that could be an implosion but they're not quite sure but i mean it must have
2: yeah because there's bigger things in the ocean than that sub making a lot of noise like a sperm whale a sperm whale's click can travels for thousands of miles that's louder than this submarine exploding it's just it's small fry
0: well i think what officials are trying to figure out is when exactly it happened people are saying you know the sub lost contact now we're 45 minutes down so that could have been, but no one really knows how quickly the vessel imploded into the dive. So I'm sure that's something that's, that's going to that's gonna come to light. However, finding any pieces of the bodies, I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Never going to happen. And yeah, that's it. They're at the bottom of the floor now if they're not in the oh, guts yeah. of fishes. So we also have the good Soviet men of the Soyuz 11. None of them are going to survive their accident either. On June the 6th, I'm probably saying Soyuz. Soyuz? Soyuz, we get the accent on. On June the 6th, 1971, the cosmonauts who had been assigned to this flight at the last minute, they departed Earth, and they're going for a record-breaking month-long flight aboard the Salut space station. The debate over the mission duration had actually reached all the way to the Kremlin. Even though, like, the space race is over at this point, it's still very much going on. America also barely scraped a win, by the way. You barely got it. Just like how you barely want any fucking. the war. space race yeah you barely won it they're pushing for originally they were pushing for a 45 day flight duration the engineers knew that they hadn't built any type of machine that could even push to this so they were like we're gonna do a 25 day flight that's even pushing it with the technology we have lads uh so it was a very long thing long-winded thing going on there they had a small fire on board on June the 16th, which actually isn't uncommon, everything went largely to plan for around three weeks, and they broke the flight duration record. Still have broken it, nobody's ever outmatched it. But at what cost? The crew are getting sick, and Mission Control made the choice to prepare the crew of three men. So we've got 35-year-old Vladislav Volkov, 38-year-old Viktor Pasteviev, and 43-year-old Gregory Dobrovlosky. To make their descent. Give
0: their life for Mother Russia.
2: For the Soviet Union, not just Russia. The Union. On June the 29th, the free men got into their seats on board the Soyuz 11, and they closed the hatch between the descent and the habitation modules. Instantly, the open hatch signal on their console lit up, even though they had already closed the hatch. So Volkov, he demanded an explanation from mission control, and they were told to just reopen, reclose the hatch. But obviously, the lights remain on. This this kind of reminds me, like you know, when the check engine light comes on in your car, and everyone's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna."
0: Yeah, it's like, ah, <laughs> it's I can keep like driving. it'll yeah. be
2: fine. <laughs> this is a really bad omen for the free rushkies because they didn't have protective suits on. They're in just flight suits. So if they'd have had protective suits on, it would they could have coped with it. But because the hatch isn't airtight, it basically means a death sentence for them. They spent half an hour troubleshooting and they included just sticking a piece of tape over the sensor so eventually the light went off <laughs> it like we sounds really shit like safe yeah
0: let's just ignore yeah. that sensor here put some duct tape on it we can't even see it it's gone it's gone <laughs> now
2: <laughs> we you be safe fellas The crew kind of saw no change in pressure. So this confirmed to them that the hatch between the two compartments was airtight. Maybe it was just a faulty light, you know, So,
0: some chewing gum.
2: (laughs) Ground control wished them a soft landing and that they would meet them on the ground. Uh, Dubrov-Lawski resounded that everything's really going fine on board. The crew are in good shape. He said, thank you for all the work and good wishes. Well, bless you, Grigori, because things aren't in good shape at all. at all. The <sighs> ship fired its engine at, at uh, 1.35 a.m. Moscow time, and then it fell silent. The ship tracked quietly to the planned landing site and search specialists rushed to the capsule. Within a minute, they had opened the hatch and they found the three lifeless bodies of the Kovsumats, who so wait were a over second. half and now are dead.
0: The ship took off... Did it and it made it to space and it still made it down to the landing site.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. the The ship is totally fine. The ship went up there. They did their job. They've been in space like you know for like the longest duration, and then they're coming back.
0: And then they're coming back and, it landed. and This is what this is what happened. Okay.
2: Actually, that is the most dangerous time. Is not it's, getting yeah. into space. It's the it's coming, coming back. It's the, the hardest. Atmosphere. Yeah. I learned that from a Tom Hanks film. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Castaway. During... <laughs> or big
2: <laughs> another classic movie <laughs> i love big you know the other night when i was in that really dodgy hotel uh get it like down london way all i could think of was that i was tom hanks in big
0: <laughs> was you he, don't know uh, what i'm
2: talking about i, th- I he, do kind of remember to- that movie when he becomes big for the first time and he has to get a really dodgy room in New York City and it's like New York City, Times Square in the early 80s and he's hearing gunshots and people like shouting at each other and he starts crying. <laughs> that was me. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't, th- I don't know if London is Do- as scary as Times Square in the 80s.
2: In the 80s? Oh yeah, London was rough, man. What are you talking about? London's become gentrified to shit now.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think London now is as scary as Times Square was in the 80s.
2: No, but it is all scary when you're alone and you don't feel very big. (laughs) They had a very Soviet investigation. They discovered that the pressure equalization system on the descent module was faulty and in just... A hundred and ten seconds. The pressure inside the cabin collapsed to an almost complete vacuum. In their last hundred and ten seconds alive, the cosmonauts tried to turn off buzzing radios and ventilators as the sound of swooshing air engulfed the cabin. And before any of them could locate the faulty valve that was causing the leak in the pressure, they all lost consciousness from severe decompression.
0: Yeah, it was at that moment I would have ran to the the porta potty and just like shit myself silly yeah i would have let loose i would have been so freaked out i would i would have been like okay sorry guys you know? these guys
2: are trained for it though so you can kind of i would like to think that even though they would have been like bricking it they're bricking it in the same way that i don't know air force pilots are bricking it if they know they're gonna crash it would just be like tell my mother i love her you know what i mean it's like very
0: yeah i guess they're professional so quick quick question not to digress too much but when you shit in space like, do you, what, what happens to the logs? Like, do the logs... Into a bag. Yeah, but what happens if the bag, like, slips out of your hands and opens up? Like, do you have a space log floating around?
2: I imagine you would. Wow. You would be able to grab it, though. But if you had, like, diarrhea in space, that's probably a lot harder to deal with. Because those little water droplets will get into the equipment. You'd have to catch them before they Well, you'd happens.
0: have to catch all the little diarrhea drops.
2: Yeah, you would. Totally. God, that would be
0: a nightmare. That's what would have happened, though, in those 110 yeah. seconds. It would have just been brown <laughs> rain just floating around everywhere. Brown that rain, the newest
2: song by Isaac Hayes.
0: <laughs> chocolate there rain. Is no, a, that, yeah, guy. Chocolate that guy. Who's that guy? I'm on day. It would have been chocolate rain up in that, that uh, space ship. <laughs> that space tin shit. can on the moon.
2: <laughs> space <shit. laughs>
0: There would have been some space shits for sure. I mean, would you be shitting yourself if you have 110 seconds? You realize we're probably going to die. they don't die. know they
2: have 110 seconds. No, I think they're just trying to think of... I'll tell you what happens like as you go through it, but I don't think you would think, I'm going to die. You're like, I've got to go through these technicalities to try and work out where the, the thing is failing so we can stop it and I can save my brothers. You're not going to be like thinking about death or anything.
0: There's the sound of swooshing air throughout the thing i would be flipping out i would i really would be it's kind of like being in that that the titan submarine it's like all of a sudden you hear a crack you hear a snap and then but i think
2: it'd be scary for them because they're not trained
0: yeah they're but civilians these guys were trained. These guys are you know astronauts
2: the results from death by decompression are the same as it was when Mengler auschwitz and uh, sigmund Rascher Zucker, we're performing crude experiments to see what happens. So hypoxia, when there is not enough oxygen in your blood, affects your brain first. You're not as quick. You can get, like, pretty confused. You can't think clearly. And if it happens slowly, like if you're in an airplane and it starts to lose pressure, you're going to lose it slowly. You're not even going to kind of notice right away if it happens slowly. You're going to feel woozy, you're going to drift into unconsciousness and then basically death because you suffocate. There's no yep. oxygen inside your blood.
0: Don't the things fall down and then you know, like the, the, the little oxygen mass fall down?
2: Yes, but that, if it happens, if the pressurization happens over a slow amount of time, you are going to pass out before those oxygen things can do anything for you. You are yeah, already hypoxia. effectively dead. Hypoxia, yeah. These three men, they entered history as the only human beings to have died off of Earth and just any number of humans that have died in the need to gain experience at any cost.
0: Bless yeah, them. I mean, Bless it's... Bless their
2: Soviet hearts, for it's, those Soviets.
0: It's a, tra- you know, it's a tragedy, but I mean, this is, this is what happens. But you're right. These people are professionals and they're trained you know, for these worst case scenarios. Um, the worst submarine de- disaster in history, it was actually the 60th anniversary of it, was the USS Thresher. Um, April 10th, 1963, the USS Thresher, which is a nuclear submarine, was conducting deep water test dives about 200 miles east of uh, Cape Cod. It lost power and imploded in 8,400 feet of water and all 129 men on this ship were killed instantly. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like the worst submarine disaster in history. There was a submarine disaster in 2000 recently, the Kursk, which is a Russian nuclear sub, but only, not only, but 118 men died. So it wasn't, the body count wasn't just as, you know, wasn't quite as high as this. But this was a 278 foot long attack sub, and they were just uh, testing it out. So, you know, at the time, it was the fastest and quietest attack submarine in operation, and it's uh, oh, that's what
2: they say. It's the fastest ship on the ocean. Look yeah. what happens to it. Never say this about your boats, people. Just like keep it under wraps if it's fast as shit.
0: But the thing is, this is like totally you know, this is just a training exercise. They've done this multiple times, many times. 129, um, 129 military or their crew is 129 people, uh, 17 civilians. Uh, They left Portsmouth at uh, 8 a.m. April 8th, 1963, and they proceeded to a point in the Atlantic about 200 miles east of Cape Cod for a test dive. So while conducting the deep water dive um, at around 1,000 feet, the thresher lost its power. And so investigators of the disaster believe that a water pipe burst, um, which, I mean, obviously, you, you you maintain the ship, but you never know. These variables can happen. Yeah. It sent out a stream that shorted out nearby electrical components. The bursting pipe then set off a series of cascading events that caused the sub to slowly sink to a depth where the water pressure on the hull was so extreme that it imploded, collapsed inwards, killing the crew instantly. They think the implosion happened around 1,200 to 1,500 feet. So the remains of the thresher are still at the bottom of the ocean at around 8,400 feet. Whereas Titan is believed to have been about 11.5 thousand feet below sea sea level when contact was lost. So this was. was, Yeah, this was like 3,500 more feet further down. So normal atmospheric pressure at sea level for a human being is about 14 psi. So when the thresher imploded, the 1,500 ton torn of water that blew into the sub raised the pressure to more than 800 psi. So that's the equivalent of more than a ton of dynamite exploding simultaneously.
2: I was hoping you were going to start using analogies because I, I find it easier to understand shit that way. Like, how many elephants is that? Like, if an elephant, would you say that's like, like 40 stomping elephants stomping that on can you? Stand I'm, on I'm your not chest. quite
0: sure what, what elephant stomping would equate to, P, to PSI. But think about that though a ton of dynamite exploding. I mean, that's just that's I just can't massive. Sure a ton of the it. implosion so much. Yeah. The implosion took less than one tenth of a second. Not long enough for the human nervous system to even react. So if you think about it, the crew had no idea what hit them.
2: In some ways it's kind of a nice death, isn't it? Obviously for not for the people you leave behind, but for you, you could just be like, you know, you're in your sub i actually caught chlamydia off a guy who worked in nucleus so by the way so (laughs) thank you for that so you could just be there with your mate telling them about how you shagged this like novice slag and you gave her chlamydia and then as you're finishing that story looking at your mate and you're laughing that's it
0: just down you just never
2: and just done dead in some ways that's kind of a nice day it's kind of like when you have an aneurysm or something like that you just like you feel no you feel no pain well everyone around you feels the pain
0: When I was researching um, this topic this week, I was reading a few articles where they're talking about like some of the reporters are like, oh, the worst case scenario, a catastrophic implosion. And I was like, is that the worst case scenario? I think a worst case scenario would be, you know, they're saying the submersible could be caught on a net or trapped under a piece of debris and you're just slowly running out of oxygen and no food. That's worse. Like, could you imagine Being just the world sitting trade there? Is worse. Yeah, trapped in this tin, this like little tin cylinder, you know, with
2: The Jew shitting.
0: Yeah, with me just shitting my guts out <laughs> in the other room. You know what I would have done? I would have stabbed that fucking CEO in the throat with a fucking with a fucking screwdriver. Actually, I would have t- I would have taken that fucking uh, Xbox controller and just shoved it in his mouth until he choked on I, it.
2: I think in the next season of Black Mirror, we're gonna see. This episode, definitely. This is very Black Mirror. What's happened?
0: What a catastrophic submersible implosion!
2: Yeah, by a CEO's thing. So this is this is my this is my thing about the Titanic, right? The Titanic, the Titan implosion, and why it bores me because it's tourist folly. Take away the money, right? I mean, we don't cry for five days. We don't have five thousand means about any of the seventeen planes that crash on the daily or when the two dozen ships sink a year, taking their crews with them, might I add, or for any of the 346 car crashes a day, which claim 150,000 lives a year in the UK, just the UK alone. No, apparently this is noteworthy because it's people who are rich enough to get into a tin can to go see the Titanic. To me, it's like the death styles of the rich and the famous. But us lowly members of the public, we don't have to worry about falling off a sailboat, in Sardinia, or crashing in our pi- private plane when the pilot has the name of JFK Jr. That's not in our future, right? We've got more to worry about. This is going to sum up my feelings about it, D. I'm going to kind of quote New York Catholic boy poet Jim Carroll. I'm sure you know him. Those are people who died, died. They're not my friends, but they died. And I'm going to quote death from. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey as well, who is also misquoting a really dead dude from the past. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you're going to dance with the reaper.
0: That's <laughs> exactly yourself. what happened. I mean, my whole thing about it, I don't do like, I won't go skydiving. I don't really care. It's not something that really excites me. I will never go would in someone's... I will
2: the opportunity presented.
0: I won't. I also won't go in a Cessna. I won't go on a uh, a carney's tilt-a-whirl either. I just know there are certain things I'm just not willing to put forth the risk. Sure, I drive to work every day. I could die driving to work. I could die crossing the road. I could die by a mass shooter and Trader Joe's. I'm fine with that. But I'm not going to go out of my way and pay money to go out of my way to take a risk like this. And if I did, I would have researched it. Like, Do you know um, the, the Pakistani family uh, that... It was the the father who was a billionaire and his son, the Dawoods. They were the second uh, rich family that was approached to, to offer a ticket, a golden ticket to ride on the submersible. The other family was a, another a billionaire that lives in i think in las vegas named bloom the last the last name is bloom and this guy was like oh, i'm gonna totally surprise my son and we're gonna go on the uh, on the titan Let's go check out the titanic well the son went online and started yeah. doing research about it and was just like dude this thing has not passed safety inspections this thing hasn't even had a real engineer go and inspect it i'm not i don't think we should get on it and so then the uh, yeah, the billionaire guy was like, you know what, we're gonna decline, and that's when he offered it to the Pakistani businessman.
2: Do you think it's a case of new money, like as opposed to old money? Like old money families are just like, I would never do that. Why? W- why would I do that? Oh, that's terrible. No. But new money is like, I'm gonna, go- I'm gonna go and see the fucking Titanic, yo. I'm gonna talk about it at board oh.
0: meetings. I think it's a couple things. I think one, it's a case of too much trust and it's a case of cutting corners. And I think that Stockton Rush knew how much it cost to get an, an actual inspection, knew that his, his submersible would never pass it. He, it, would never, it would never be certified as safe and he didn't want to do it. They even fired an engineer who criticized them. They had an engineer on staff that was like, I don't think anyone should ever go down in this thing. And they fired him. And so I think, that, I think it was that guy's arrogance that caused this. But I think it's also this, this feeling when you're a billionaire It's it's this arrogance, this hubris that you have because you can conquer anything's attainable. And so it's the spirit of adventure that you have. At least people like James Cameron, you know, I mean he he went down to like the bottom of the Mariana trench, like the deepest the deepest part of the ocean. But this guy is an engineer and a scientist and he like has a state of the art vehicle built exactly by, you know, safety regulations. He knows what he's doing.
2: You know James Cameron's also a dick who hits. Oh, for
0: sure. They all are.
2: Yes. They all
0: are. But I mean, I'm just saying he's a dick who at least does his research, you know, as, as opposed to the Stockton Rush who's like bragging about how I can control with an Xbox controller. I made the car- I made the, uh, you know, the, the, the hole um, out of uh, pieces of like a, a, an expired Boeing 747. Like Boeing had all this sheet metal that they're like, ah, we don't even need it. Let's give the carbon fiber to this guy. And I made a submarine. I saved this much money. It's like, no, you're a dick. You're skirting safety think, regulations.
2: I just think, how many people die a year still trying to get to the top of Everest? There's loads of people who do it, and you know how much what? money you have to pay to go to Everest. It's into, like, what, 30000 just to even go up there? It's like, I'm just sick of it. I'm just, like, glad this is out the news cycle well, once now. Again, Let something new come along.
0: I don't have any pathos for those people, and I have no sympathy for those people. You paid for this. You signed the waiver that mentioned death four times on the first page. You kind of brought this on yourself. You know, and I, I really don't have any sympathy. I have sympathy for the person shopping at Trader Joe's when, you know, this crazy incel comes in and blows you away. Like you know, that, I feel bad for you and I, I feel bad for, for their families. But for the billionaires that died on this, this vanity excursion.
2: I'm sure the family will be softened by the blue of me. <laughs> it's
0: hard for me to feel sympathy for this. You took the risk and this is what happens. You know, you stepped Tourist inside ball. that tilt-a-whirl. Anyway, um, people, this is episode 901 here, Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next. 323 522 4032. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve.
1: Hey guys, it's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, DIDDLE, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Logarix disease got pretty bad. Let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code, DIDDLE, D I D D L E. I am now a new man. Thanks. So,
0: we've got a couple phone calls here to get to. People, you can call the Sigmund Hotline, 323 522 4032, or you can email the show. So send us an MP3 Sigmund Podcast at gmail.com. So uh, we got a couple calls here from Allison over in uh, Rhode Island. She calls in about uh, her experience with Satanic Panic.
1: Oh. Hi,
3: Kate. Hi, Dee. Hi, Dee. Hi, Kate. Your your McMartin preschool uh, Satanic Panic uh, uh, episode got me thinking about some good times back in the mid-80s with a group of friends I had in the South Shore of Massachusetts who were all really creative, um, creative kind of misfit kids and um, misfit um, uh, early, late teenagers, early, um, early 20s.
2: and um,
0: Sound like a bunch of ne'er-do-wells to me. These
2: I totally kids. would have been in Allison's friend group. Because I was the same in school.
0: You probably would have been, don't you think? Oh kind yeah, of a, sounds like she hung out with goths.
2: Yeah, I'd have been in this group. I'd have been like, "Can we all go and look at Rotten. dot com together?"
0: The ne'er do wells <laughs> over there, scofflaws, smoking <laughs> your cigarettes,
2: <laughs> clove cigarettes. The people do. were very Clove's.
3: artistic, and um, we 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 were um, we had a, a we kind of taken over a, a bunker an old concrete military bunker in what was now a state park called Wampatuck State Park in Hingham, Mass. (laughs) And, um, we had kind of redone it and painted some of the walls. And one of our group was very, very talented artist, and she was really into Tolkien. So she wrote a bunch of, um, elvish runic things on the walls and it was great. We had a, we had a place for how cookouts and it, it was fantastic. But, um, We actually made uh, Ted Gunderson's Corruption News um, Archive, and we made the Boston Herald because police came in and thought we were devil worshippers. And uh, we made the Boston Herald on Sunday, May 15th, 1988. And it says, um, I found the article, and it says, uh, South Shore Police are considering charges against a group of alleged devil worshippers after a discovery (laughs) in their church inside abandoned munitions bunker buried deep in the woods in Wampatuck State Park in Hingham. And uh, a bunch of people um got caught coming out. I wasn't part of them. Um um I was not there that weekend. But we had Dumb. um we had uh they were we used to kind of dress up and and um people would come out and uh uh, Thirteen people, men and women, came. were walking out from the bunker, dressed in long black cloaks. Members of the group had apparently carried <laughs> much of the material into the bunker more than a mile, um, and uh, and we we made the news.
0: Well, okay, okay. So it sounds like they're just a bunch of goth kids that would go out there and hang out, and that sounds awesome. I actually had a very similar experience that although we, ne- we never, we never made jealous. the news. But I'm wondering when she was saying that they would go out there in costumes and things like that. Were you guys like LARPing? Was this like some live action role play? Like, did they have weapons? I, I don't guess know what I'm wondering co- if
2: she meant costumes or if she was just like goths wear cloaks. Because I had I had a cloak and I also had like a PVC trench coat and I had a velvet trench coat, which I guess you could consider a costume if you didn't know that i was a super goth also when she first said the name of the park i thought she called it what the fuck park is like a joke as in what the fuck kind of park is this but no she's saying like "Manafuck park or what? i think it has it's a called.
0: native american name so i want to know, I know
2: but in my mind it's just called what the fuck park
0: you know, she, there's a part two so maybe she explains this but i want to know who snitched you out like, Someone must have found out that the goths are going oh, to, it's this, a mother got to this be. bunker, and you must have been a mother, I bet. Or someone saw them, I, I bet you it was the mother of one of the goth kids.
2: Hey, you remember that film, The Hole, uh, Hole with Fora Birch and Kira Knightley? Oh, remember yeah. that film? This is kind of giving me like that kind of vibes, but obviously, it's way more fun, and it's I would have loved because I grew up in the countryside, too. If they'd left a bunker here that was disused and all oh my God, friends, Because we, well, I suppose in Cumbria, we have a thing called Lacey's Caves. And it's a series of cave connections that this old mad billionaire, who's kind of reminiscent of Harrison, he built these caves in like the 1800s. And every year, it was never on the same date, might I add. It had to be passed around to you. Somebody would come up to you and tell you when the Lacey's Cave, Lacey's Rave was going to be. And everyone would go there, and just there would be loads of cool lights set up inside of it, and it's like intertwined cave system, and it's all sandstone too, so it's not dark, ca- wet caves. Was it? And you would just take a bunch of ecstasy.
0: Was it similar to those caves in? Uh, remember in Lisbon, that crazy dude that made that whole, all those weird caves.
2: Kind of. I mean, you you do have to walk a while. It's still you can see the mansion where the old millionaire used to live across the way. And then it's just a weird, like, setup. Everyone in, like, I'll say Northern Cumbria, because I know Gino's listening. He'll be like, I've never, I've never heard of Lacey's Caves. But if you're from Penrith, if you've been to Lacey's Raves, then you know what it is. I wonder if it still happens, actually. Hmm.
0: All right, I'll tell you my story, though, after, after we finish this call.
2: Okay. Um,
3: this was their church, we believe, said one Cohasset police officer who asked not to be named and it was totally bogus. <laughs> we were just kind of playing around. Lots of people who weren't Tolkien. There were elvish runes on the walls. There were some skulls and candles and but we had found them. And it was it was just totally bogus. These are really fun times. And um That's awesome. It was it was pretty fun. Um I'm but I wanted to share that with you. Um
0: so she calls him with a part 2. So what I wonder what happened did people get arrested? Did you get like busted for trespassing or satanism what can they you with? witchcraft?
2: Well, maybe yeah, maybe defacing something. Sorry, this is Allison again in
3: Rhode Island part 2. Um I'm going to I have the uh the link from the um Internet Archive, and it's just an um an issue of uh Ted Gunderson's corruption news and I'm going to um uh, send the link to the email, and um, which has a lot of uh, McMartin preschool stuff in that issue. So I'm going to send it to the yes. email, and I'm going to send the link to Kate.
0: Yeah, we should post that to Patreon. That sounds kind of cool. And uh, and she Allison, a... if you have the article, and when you were in the paper, about when you guys got busted for Satanism, send us a link to that, and we'll post that in, uh, <laughs> on Patreon as well. You
3: guys can... Um, um, uh, read through that and have some fun these are really fun times the whole satanic panic thing in the 80s was pretty crazy and a lot of it was just misfit kids yeah, really being very artistic and playing around in the woods and away from adults and just not really doing anything it was just insane
0: but I think it's also misfit kids fucking with adults that's what we were and yeah. We did this on purpose. Like, it, we had this place. It was kind of by so uh, Kessler's father had a plastic bag factory, and his his <laughs> wow yeah that's it was a quality <laughs> bag I think it was called I think it's still there actually but it was, it, it was huge at the, at one time anyway he it was in an area of Bay City where there's all this uh, like open land like forest pretty much but there is a chemical fact, a chemical plant called the Alkali which exploded in like the 70s or 80s and maybe even I think probably I 60s go. or 70s and it was just ruins. And so we would all go out there and hang out the alkali and we you know we'd sit there and play Slayer and you know the Creator, and, and, and actually, I wasn't in a battery at that time, but like Testament and all those bands. Mayhem. And again, yeah, everybody would bring spray paint, and we'd like, you know, spray paint pentagrams, and just hang out there and upside drink. Upside
2: down crosses. Yeah,
0: and upside down crosses. Yeah. just a place, or Slayer on the wall. It was just a place where, uh, you know, we'd just hang out and drink, and, you know, underage kids. And it would just be, even kids from other high schools. But um, the thing is that happened, what happened there is, if the cops saw you walking out, you were trespassing on you know, someone else's land. So we were always nervous that we were going to get busted at the Alkali and Kessler's father would find out. But also, you know, the cops, when they did bust you, usually they would show up and it was just a mad scramble through the woods trying to run away from the cops. So it was kind of exhilarating. It was fun. Exciting. I mean, we're, yeah, we yeah. were teens. We were just like having fun. And no one was a Satanist. I mean, I don't think anyone from our group was a Satanist. We thought it was funny to pretend to be a Satanist and spray paint like upside down crosses you know, on the on the the ruins, like the ruined walls. But I mean, none of us were like sacrificing goats or shit like that. But the cops, when they showed up there, you know, saw pentagrams and upside down crosses and all and this shit over there and doing. candles. So immediately it was like satanic panic. I mean, this would have been like late eighties, early nineties. And it's like everyone's like, Oh, it's a satanic cult in the forests of Bay City out by the by, by the quality <laughs> bag plant. And it's just like No, it's not. It's just a bunch of teens. And then after that happened, then we were like, okay, let's get a, let's get skulls and stack skulls up and really kind of play the part. I think that's what was happening here with her friends. Yeah, totally. It's
2: all because of the, the moral shit that was going on. I told you about, I had that boyfriend who, he was front page news in the Cumberland Herald, which is the Penrith paper, because he, um, he like did an upside he burnt an upside down cross into the bowling green in Penrith oh, Park. Oh, yeah. he, amazing he, he amazing. Was like, he was like public enemy number one it's like how did they not know we did it though because in penriff it's like such a small town, small town yeah. there was only like what 30 of us goths she could have come and got they could have lifted any of us and like any of us would have been like he did it but they never got him <laughs> that's and amazing. i was like that's my boyfriend
0: <laughs> that is brilliant that is brilliant. <laughs> now, the thing is, when the cops would come and catch you when you're drinking outside in the woods, you'd get an MIP, which sucked. I don't What's know if they mean? have that over there. Minor in Possession. And it means you um, were... Yeah, it means it's... Because we weren't driving or anything, so there's no DUI. But if you were an MIP and you got caught with beer, you had to pay like 200 bucks and you had to go you know, oh, that's do not like that. community yeah. service and your parents were going to get notified. It fucking sucked getting an MIP. I think I got two.
2: Yeah, your parents would get told. But over here, there's a much different attitude to drink. I mean, it's also way harder to get drunker here now. Because when I I was 15, when I was buying booze, and I looked 15. But back then, it was only like you had to look 18. Now you have to look 25 to buy booze. And I get ID'd.
0: But you you got ID'd. But they sell you booze when you're 18, though, right?
2: You could, yeah, you could legally buy booze from 18. But when I was coming up, it used to be that you had to look 18. But then they changed the law that you had to look 25, which is kind of a big age gap. So, well, what, if if what if you have an ID? You got id
0: What if you have an ID that says you're 20, you're honestly,
2: 18? Honestly, it, it does depend on where you are, what shop you're in. And because I'm worried about that at the minute, because I don't have a passport right now. So, I don't have anything to show my ID. I'm like, I have two shops I can trust. But other than hmm. that, I might be out with booze. Yeah,
0: I remember while. I got carded when I, when uh, I was there. I did. And Both I was just of like, us did. But well, I was just like, "Do you need glasses? Because I'm definitely older than 21. <laughs> I, I mean, or 18. Like Jesus, 25 is
2: the age they're looking for. So they fought you with 25.
0: I I think they're just being they're doing it out of a courtesy. I think they're being polite.
3: Masugana, aside from you know the 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 kids stuff and. Um. Uh, the accusations that were being made, which was you know people flying through the air. I mean, people believed <laughs> shit. It's crazy. Um, but you know, here's the interesting misfit kids, misfit artistic kids, who are who are or, not uh... sacrificing animals in the woods. Who were painting and decorating old munitions bunkers and drawing art on the walls. I mean, it was great time. Anyway, wanted to share that with you and uh, keep it sick, keep it wrong, and um, uh, yeah, have fun. Bye, Allison. Out.
0: Yeah, I would have totally have hung out in that bunker with Allison. Allison probably would have hung out with us at the abandoned chemical yeah. factory. I mean, it was the same yeah. kind of thing. We weren't I don't recall <laughs> Tolkien. We were definitely America. more in, We were definitely more into metal, but it's like we would just go out with whatever booze we could find or steal and then head out there and just drink and smoke weed and listen to fucking Slayer. And that's what that, we, that's what we do on a Saturday night if there's no parties going on.
2: Because I grew up rurally. We didn't have necessarily <laughs> abandoned munitions, bunkers, or we like castles. <laughs> disused, disused plastic factories. Yeah, we would go and drink at the castle. That's awesome. But we also just had random fields. We'd go and we'd be like, all right, I'll meet you at that field that's like four squares over from like FACA. You know what I mean? And people would be like, yeah, all right, I'll meet you there at eight. I'll try and get some cigarettes. I'll see what I can get and I'll just meet you there at 8 o'clock. And you would go, you'd get dressed up, and you'd go out there, and you'd, you'd never know who would turn up.
0: Well, did you have stone? You'd go hang out the stone circles, right? Or the stone well, Yeah, we had
2: stone circles. Yeah, the stone circles, a several around Penrith, and one of them is near Lacey's Caves, too. But you would kind of go out to them and be like, oh, you want to go there and, at 10 at night and get stoned? And yeah, it'd be like-
0: fucking cool if we had that. I mean, that that's the thing in Bay City... There were sometimes you would people would be like oh, we're having a party at this you know at this one location in the woods and everyone knew the locations we'd have parties at but those parties all the time hundred percent of the time we would get busted by cops and we'd be chased through the woods happened oh, all the never.
2: time oh never never been chased through the woods by the police oh my god
0: it was ever. like the Bay City police had nothing else to do so it was like especially in essexville michigan so it's like when they'd find out that a bunch of miners were drinking beer in the forest it's like we're gonna bust them but the thing is the alkali the alkali was more of a hangout and it was cool too because you'd meet you know like-minded kids like other goths and metalheads from other schools so that's why like that's how you'd meet chicks and things like that because you know most of the chicks in my high school were kind of lame would never be into a guy like me, but we'd meet girls from like other schools. They're like, oh, she's cool. She's got like a Sisters of Mercy shirt on. We'd like, you know, be hanging out. But once, once we got around and the cops caught, you know, cops caught on and our parents found out and grounded kids, that's when me and Kessler and a lot of our friends would start fabricating these tales of like a (laughs) wizard out there or an animal (laughs) sacrifice just to make the thing even worse, you know, just to exacerbate the situation. (laughs) None of that ever happened. I mean, it was just a bunch of dumbasses listening to Slayer, smoking weed.
2: Yeah, we had pubs at least. I mean, I was underage. Oh my popes. god, that can't happen nowadays. Like nowadays, I think they would just be on it. But we had the Miners Arms. There was the Sally and Blues nightclub. Yeah, just, if like, we could, yeah, if hands. we could
0: have got. I mean, I had a, I had a fake ID, but we weren't getting into bars when we were like sixteen. I, mean, it was I look
2: sixteen, man. It shouldn't should not have been allowed, and it probably has uh, <laughs> it has been my like life's course. If I would never <laughs> been allowed, maybe maybe I'd be like a brain surgeon or something.
0: Well, I mean, that's probably why you lost your virginity at the age of eleven
2: <laughs> in that back alley <laughs> for a bag of chips behind right, the office. Also, as it is. As an aside, before we end, to all, there's been several Americans messaging me about fish and chips and you can stop because fish and chips will never be good in America. Like, I appreciate all your, all your passion, but fish and chips exists in Britain only.
0: I completely agree with you. I've never had, I've never had fish and chips and I've had fish and chips on both coasts and, you know, and like around like, like Michigan in that area. Never once has it even come close to what I've had in Cumbria. Like when I was in not even
2: just Cumbria, Britain.
0: Yeah, Britain in general. The one thing we
2: can do, let us have one fucking thing. But
0: that one chippy that we go to when I come visit you is probably the best fish and chips I think I've had. It's amazing. Uh, It's really good. Yeah, and I agree with that. And they don't have mushy peas here either.
2: That's what I've been saying yeah. to them. I was like, you guys, you think tartar sauce like goes to fish and chip? It isn't. It's mushy no. peas and even and, curries. And it's not just that. It goes beyond fish and chips. A chippy has so much more to offer than just fish and chips.
0: And it's, real, real malt vinegar, which I don't think you really get out here either. Not the same level.
2: Yeah, malt vinegar is a different thing. And it's the salt and yeah. everything about it. It's just it's, The analogy I've been using is you can buy a, a croissant. Outside of Paris. And it's going to taste like a croissant. But it's never going to taste like a croissant in fucking Paris does. Because it belongs there. That's exactly. where it is.
0: Completely yes. agree with you on that one. Thank you, Alison, for calling in. Um, I imagine yeah. there's a lot of people who have similar stories to that. Because that satanic panic was everywhere in this country. And, uh, you know, it's just people were so... They had such anxiety about this. And then it was just worse when you write about it in the media. So... Um, that's hilarious. Uh, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline 323-522-4032. A big up to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. Like seriously, we do appreciate you helping us keep it sick and wrong every week. Uh, com slash Wrong. Also, if you want to get some merch, we do have some uh, new word designs. I'm actually working on a couple that I haven't completed yet. But um, we do, we, we do update the designs every now and then. But if you want to go buy some merch, just go to slash shop, click on the picture of the Pope, and uh, get yourself a t shirt. And finally, here, the sickeron song of the week got to keep with the, the submarine theme. We're in the show with uh, the Swedish hard rock band Graveyard's song Submarine Blues off their uh, debut studio album, self titled Graveyard, came out in 2007. I wonder what happened to that band. I don't really hear much about those guys anymore.
2: I was reading, it's my Swedish accent, because that's the Swedes dog. I was reading that they go through periods where they like have fallouts of each other.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe they're on hiatus or something. You know, I remember their first album. I really liked this. This album was really good. But then their later albums, I thought were a little kind of tired. Like it just, I don't know, just didn't, didn't hit as well. But this album, their first album though, came out in 2007 It's great. Uh, so we're gonna the show here with submarine blues. People will be back next week with episode nine oh two. Happy America Day. America! to all the Americans out there. Be careful. Definitely don't let your toddlers light Roman candles that are taller than they are.
2: Give them no. guns instead.
0: Lock up your dogs. You don't want your dogs to get, you know, hearing loss from your fireworks. So or just, just in general. Like they get dogs get all worked up when they hear that. So take yeah, care it's of like
2: your pets. Vietnam.
0: And definitely light some sparklers. Uh, We'll be back next week with episode 902. Till then, take it, Sleezy.
1: submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma or death. Where do I sign? oh Take your shoes off. That's customary. Okay. Wow! Inside, the sub has about as much
0: room as a minivan. So this is not your grandfather's submersible. <laughs> we only have one button. That's it. It should be like an elevator. You know, it shouldn't take a lot of skill. The Titan
1: is the only five-person sub in the world that can reach titanic depths 2.4 miles below the sea. It's also the only one with a toilet, sort of. And yet, I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf components.
0: I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller.
1: (laughs) Come on!